I have no idea where this one's going. Me neither. Yeah. This one's a little bit more of a free-for-all. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. This might not work. <laughs> this one might not work. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in Fast Pitch, the podcast that keeps you up to date on the latest news, insights, and analysis from the world of fast pitch softball. Powered by 643, we bring you the stories behind the scores, the personalities behind the players, and the strategies behind the game. Whether you're a fan, a coach, or a player, we've got you covered with expert analysis and insider information. So sit back, relax, and get ready for a deep dive into the world of fast pitch softball. This is This Week in Fast Pitch, powered by 643, with your hosts, Jimmy Thomas and Kevin Bednoski. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Episode two, we are getting underway with my very lengthy co-host, Jimmy Thomas. Welcome. Hey, coach. How are you? Excellent, excellent. And of course, the man behind the scenes, Mr. Matt Cook, founder of 643, our executive producer. Good morning. All right. On the fictitious glass. <laughs> the man in the chair. Okay, so today's episode, we're going to take a little bit of a different tact with it a little bit from a um, organization perspective. What we're going to do is first, we want to start highlighting some local players. So, you know, we got a lot of kids that come through the doors here at 643, and we want to make sure that we, uh, they're the lifeblood of what we've got going on, right? Oh, yeah. So, so we want to highlight some of those, and and we're going to caveat a little bit, and we're going to use some of the max prep stats. So, you coaches out there, get your accounts linked onto max preps so we can see complete data, right? So, I know, coach, you're kind of in the midst of that too, right? Yeah, I got about half my, uh, half my season plugged into max preps right now, and I'm trying to figure out the rest of it, but... Um, still a cool tool like Game Changer, and um, it's always cool to see local athletes' names. Um, you is know, this publicly. like the go-to stats site for us? Is this Max Preps the, you know, the Bible? It is because that's where VHSL is kind of – it's a partnership with VHSL, and that's where they're going to gather a lot of their information. Now, with regard to the record books, they're not looking at Max Preps to get the record books. You have to submit – information to VHSL in order to get in the VHSL record book. Okay, so, but this data is being pulled from Game Changer and other products like Game Changer. Correct. So Game Changer exclusively, or you enter it in hard copy yourself. Like and you actually a, fat and finger it. This is a it national in. This is a national program, system. state by state. So you can filter you can filter tons of information about um, offensive, defensive pitching stats, base running stats, based on a link to Game Changer, which I think you're in the midst of doing. Right. And the, I, I've done it with our team. And uh, you, you set your roster, you click, literally, it's as simple as sort of clicking, you have access to Game Changer, you link your two accounts, and boom, every night, it just populates based on that, based on uh, your team. It's not, it's not really kind of I don't think checking between... No, it doesn't jive with whoever you're playing. Your I think opponent. it kind of sticks with what you plug into Game Changer. Yeah, exactly. So, again, grain of salt, because our previous topic was on Game Changer. So, you know, this is data that being entered in via Game Changer uh, into Max Preps. But we wanted to highlight a couple of kids. I mean, we... Uh, Matt's got the, the board up behind us here with, with some of the data. And, and it's, it's really cool. You kind of look through the... You know, you look through this list and the top 50 batting averages. Right, but it's important to note that not everybody's in there. You know, in my particular district, I think three of the nine teams are in there. Yeah. So it's not... It's not complete. Right. Yeah, it's not complete. Um, but, you know, you start looking through this and you start seeing kids, you know, the, the number four hitter, uh, according to Max Preps and, and Game Changer, is Gabby Garrison, who's a member here. She goes to a private school out in Percival. Awesome kid. What a great kid and a great family, right? 
But for someone like her, that's awesome to be able to log in and, and be able to see your name in the lights, you know, at the leaderboard. I think I think it's cool. Yeah, it's really and neat. This is, across, this is across Virginia again, so this is, uh, you know, kind of a widespread here. Yeah. It so, also crosses um, all different uh, associations, VHL, right, or VHSL, and then the, I guess, the homeschool and the private school league. So it kind of merges all of those into one spot so you can kind of compare to. Yeah, exactly. And G- Gabby plays in one of the private schools and... Um, then you got public school. Ava Abramovich is in there. She's the number six yeah, batting Manassas average member. Yeah. Another Manassas member there. So, I mean, you know, it's really, really cool. You start seeing some of these kids doing really awesome stuff on the field. Well, the thing that shocked me as a first year high school coach is I had no idea the power that these young ladies have. I mean, 10, 12, 14 home runs. That's, that's insane for a 20 game high school season. And not only are these balls going out, they're going way out. Yeah. I mean, they, they, are, they, they need to move the fences back, in my opinion. But to see these girls pumping the ball out of the ballpark like they are is, is a pretty amazing thing to watch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know if you – what do you got? You got home runs yeah, up there right up now. Yeah, home runs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, got, you look through this number. You got, you know, Charlotte Moore at 14 and Katie Coots at 13 and Emily Collins at 10. Gillespie's in there. Abby Gillespie at, at 9, Kaylee at 8. You know, the cool you know, thing is we know what kind of competition these young ladies are playing, right? There's some really good ball around here in Loudoun County, so that's not 18 bombs against, you know, that's not 18 bombs in House League. That's, that's facing some pretty legit pitching. Um, so that's, those, are, those are impressive. Numbers. Yeah, and the consistency of it. I mean, there's the kids all across the board at different schools, different counties. I mean, you got Loudoun County. You got, so then you've got, the, at least in our area, you got the 4A group, the 5A group, right. the 6A group. So size of school doesn't really matter as well. These kids are doing great things. Another thing I think is cool is a lot of those familiar names. I mean, we're always in here in 643, and we see the athletes coming in and out, and we have our commit wall, and we see their names up on the wall. But a lot of these girls are coming in, and I know who they were. But now that I'm referencing the stats, I'm like, damn, I didn't know that kid could play like that. I didn't know she was that good. She yeah. can hit, you know. Right? Yeah. She so can that's kind of cool to see them coming in, in and out of here, and and uh, having the success that they're having on the field. Yeah, it's really fun for them. Yeah, and I mean, we recognize a lot of these names. There's probably 15 kids, maybe in the top 50 in home runs, maybe more um, that are kids coming in yeah. and out of six, four, three. Jackie Yeager. Yeah. Marissa Skinner. Marissa I mean, the, these here, yeah. these kids, they're in here all the time. And I think we talked about that a little bit before uh, the in previous episodes is just these kids commitment to the game. Right. And commitment to their development. Really, really cool stuff. And that's really the platform that that we're hoping to provide here at 643, not just, you know, here in, in Northern Virginia. Of course, we have our, our location in Wake Forest, and we're going to continue to expand this footprint throughout the country uh, through some franchising efforts and through some expansion efforts. So we're really excited that this product and, and our services can get to the masses. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about it before, right? This, does, this type of stuff doesn't happen by accident, right? Lindsey Mullins in here at... at yeah, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. Lily Wools is in here at 5 o'clock in the morning. She hit a bomb last night, right? Yes, she certainly did. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, those things don't happen by accident. They come, they, they come by putting in the work, and, and, and it's showing, man. Does you Riverside know, score any runs? No. Because it doesn't look like it but when I look at these stats. No, we do not score runs. Um, maybe a 210 on the season so far through 21 games. Are there we two average stats about 10 on games. there? No, but uh, in the top six, uh, Riverside has two kids that are um, leading in RBIs. So. I was going to say, I would be willing to bet you probably lead the state in home runs. Probably. I think we hit 35 and 36 or 34 and 35 last night. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. That, it's, was that more than last year? We hit 30 last year, so we have, nice. we have 
by 20% eclipse. Well, I know them. you thought that that was going to be tough to beat. So yeah, yeah. but we're, thanks. We're excited. The girls, again, to, to coach, coach Thomas's point, I mean, these girls work really, really hard. Well, the ball that Charlotte Moore hit against me a month ago just went by. So yeah, 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 right. So just flew by the building. Yeah, right. Well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, what, what did I hear uh, Bish say this morning? Yeah. Um, coaches win games, players lose them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So fun, fun stuff. But each week, we you know we want to try to highlight some of these kids. Might be same names, might be names you hear over and over again. Yeah. But but the bottom line is, it's because these kids are putting in the work and they're they're. They're really, really good. Well, let's jump over to the pitching. I'd be interested to see. Yeah, pop some, up some, some pitching. pitching. I'm sure you're going to see, you know, Lindsay. Yeah, let me guess who's at how the top. Strikeout, <laughs> how many strikeouts she's got. I mean, you know. All right, so we'll start start with strikeouts. Yeah, sure. Pop yeah. it in. All right, let's see. Katie's. On the fly. Yeah, you got Katie Coots in yeah, there. Yeah, Katie Coots. She's, you know, 237 strikeouts. Yeah, Mullins in there at 11. Lindsay. I mean, these kids are just crushing it. Yeah. Absolutely crushing it. The crazy Lesky's thing about Lindsay, too, is they have Lily Wool. I mean, they're sharing they're, right. a majority of the innings, and she's still putting up the numbers and that she's putting yeah, up. Yeah, both of them in the top 25, that's, right? That's just wild. <laughs> so really cool stuff. Um, and like I said, each, each episode, we're going to try to highlight some kids that are our members here just because they're doing really cool stuff. Yeah, they should be proud of themselves, man. I mean, the, some of the numbers these kids are putting up, it's going to be exciting running into the playoff season to see if these girls can kind of, you know, keep that ball rolling and ride the wave into the postseason. So. Yeah, and that's where we are right now. Postseason has started a little bit for uh, the 5A group, the 6A group. Uh, I know in 4A you start We next start week. on Monday. Yeah. Yep. So good luck to you and good luck to everybody out there. Keep everybody safe and, and keep gripping it and ripping it. So that would be fun. Yeah, and we're in the midst of some of the other playoffs. There's been some great games, you know. Yeah. Back to the Game Changer uh, discussion that we've had. I've had a good time uh, scouring Game Changer the last couple of days, watching scores and seeing who's doing what. So, yeah. When's, cool. uh, when's the next one, Kevin? Uh, fri- we play Friday at Woodgrove. Big one. So, big district championship there. And then the regionals for us in 5A will start uh, next Thursday. You've played them twice this year. Unfortunately, we we have yes. And the outcome not so much. Not in favor. not well. Put it this way: we've only lost three games and two of them to them. So no uh, better time to turn it around. That's right. Don't they always say that it's tough to it's tough to beat somebody three times in a row? I was just isn't, getting ready to say that. Isn't that the isn't that the rule? So I'm I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah, uh, Orioles almost took three from the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, last week, but it is tough. It is tough. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, topic for today. What are, there are just so many quirky, different rules associated with the game of softball than what we traditionally looked at when we were playing baseball, like growing up and, and right. through high school and college and all that kind right. of stuff. Yeah. I feel completely comfortable with the DH, and I feel completely uncomfortable with the DP flex. <laughs> and I am a head high school coach right now. So why don't we use that one as a kickoff, and we'll kind of start talking about DP flex. All right. Um, DP flex, I don't think very many people really understand what it is, let alone how you use it. Definitely not. Right? So let's talk a little bit about what what it is. The DP flex is designed really to get 10 kids in the game at one time. That's really the basically the design of why it is what it is. So Well, and to beef up your offense and or your defense, right? Correct. Correct. You know, we have we have hitter we have pitchers that do hit and we have like Lindsay 
or right. Lily. But explain to me why it's not a DH. Sure. Flex, by definition of flex, you know, can be any player. When you DH, it's a designated hitter. You are only solely hitting for, like in Major League Baseball's case, the pitcher, unless you're Shohei Otani. Okay? So in softball, when you have the DP, it is a designated player. We look at it and think of it as if they are a DH because they are hitting, but they can also play the field. They're not solely a hitter. They can take the field defensively for anyone, but the batting order never changes. Okay, really important to understand that the batting order will never, never, ever change unless you make a substitution. Now, that flex player, most, most of the time is the pitcher, right? right. Just on, on, on sort of more than average. In our case, it is the pitcher. But she can also go to another defensive position. She, it's sort of, you know, what we talk about in travel softball terms as your free defensive substitution, if you will, right. with that one particular player. Free defensive substitution. Did you hear that, Jimmy? Yes. I yeah, know. You're, you, you, know, you know that rule. Yes. Right? Well, well, yeah, there was a little confusion there maybe for you well, one listen, time. Listen, it's, it's a little gray, right? I mean, I'm going to go as far as the umpire is going to let me. Right, And when I take him my substitution for DP flex or whatever it is, I expect him to tell me if I'm wrong. Right. All right. Now, right. when I got parents coming out of the stand saying, you have completely jacked up your DP flex, <laughs> your lineup is a disaster right now, and the umpire saying, keep running them out there, what the hell am I supposed to do? I don't know the well, rule well, to, to a I mean, that, that, But part of the problem is that I don't think many of the umpires actually yeah. know what the rule is either, even though we go through this – uh, training every single season about what it is, how to do but it. But here's my question, right? I'm two innings into screwing up the DP flex. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the assistant coach on the other side comes over and says, what in the world are you doing? And I say, umpire said I could do it. Where are we at now? Um, what the hell is going to happen if he makes an issue of it and wants somebody? Because I'm getting tossed. Like You come out here and tell me that that I screwed my lineup up and you are taking a kid out of the game or throwing me out or something, it was your fault. You're the umpire. Yeah, I, I, I probably would. Uh, if, we, if you and I were playing against each other and you did that, I'd, I'd probably come on over and say, hey, coach, you know. Well, this year it probably would have been like 15 to 1, so you probably wouldn't have. have. But, but we're, you know. Yeah, you, you messed that up, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. you, you need to. <laughs> yeah, I got it. This, you know. But two innings into it, and girls are all over the place, and, and, and I have clearly screwed it up. Hard to come back from. Yeah. Tough to come back from. Right. Well, listen, Jimmy, I, I don't fault you. Look, we're looking at a sheet here that describes the rules. Uh, of, this is just the DP flex. Right. Yeah. right. It's an entire sheet of paper that has to, just, has to explain one simple or what should be simple rule. So it's, it is not easy. I never understood it and still don't. And is that the, the idea of it, simply just to get more athletes on the field, more players on the field? And, cur and give you flexibility as a coach to say, to, to mix and match some things. Again, right, hey, you know, this is a strong offensive player. For, I'll give you a great example. Right now in my lineup, I use the DP, and it's a kid that's got a little bit of a bum wing, so she can't throw but she can hit. So we're using her as the DP to hit, and she's not playing the field. Now, she, under this rule, she could play the field, though. So she's a DH right now. 
Right now, she's a DH. Now, I will tell you this. When I make a pitching, our flex is the pitcher. When I make a pitching change, I could drop the flex and substitute for the DP and put in a defensive player and, and switch my pitcher. So, therefore, I went from 10 on the card to 9 on the card. Have I confused you yet? A little bit. <laughs> I just keep thinking about the umpire should save me. N- no, there's no lifeline, really, for the umpire. Because even if the umpire screwed up, I- I'd still probably come over and say, Jimmy, you got to I hear you. you. I hear you. But if there are that. any repercussions from the umpire, I am blaming him. And probably something's going to happen. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. If, if I wanted to quote-unquote challenge you on, the, on putting in an in, improper substitution, I have to do it at that time, just like as if I right. were going to appeal any other call. If you did it, and then the normal course of the game continued on, I've probably lost my window to sort of challenge that. That's true, because I, I do keep thinking about, what if we did make a comeback, a miraculous comeback, and then all of a sudden the opposing coach said, Oops. Hey, you blew this the whole day for the last three innings. Right. Yeah, but oh. yeah. So, but it, it is confusing. I would encourage people to really understand it because as a coach, you can use it to your advantage. It is, an op- it is a great tool to go out there and manipulate and rotate your lineup, get more kids in the game, mix and match certain things, and have the ability to um, have that free defensive sort of substitution, if you will, and then get the most out of your lineup. Now, do you think this is the reason when you go to travel tournaments that they're just like, free subs, do whatever you want? No, because they, people don't understand this clearly? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. They probably do it because they know people are paying to come to their tournament and will say, ah, we'll try to get in as many people as you can. Yeah. Right? It, it's, right. You're, you're working under a, an hour and 15-minute time limit anyway. Right. So screw it. Who, you know, do whatever you want. You want to bat your whole lineup. You want a free substitution, do it all within an hour and 15 or an hour and 20 minutes. We don't care what you do. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. And the DP flex is, is this the same for like all uh, sanctions, all different organizations? I feel like there maybe NSA or something has like a, what did they call that to twins? Well, yeah. When you pair, when you you pair pair people up, yeah, that's a little different. And again, every, this is for competitive sort of your high school, college, you know, where they're, don't forget, anytime you go to a, a travel tournament, they're always going to have local rules. Yeah. And those local rules are going to supersede any of the, any of this kind of stuff. Does the yeah. NCAA use DP Flex? Yeah. If the Flex runs for the DP, is that a problem? No. This is uh, Sean joining yeah. in here. Yeah, we, we got the, we got audience members chiming in. Uh, no, if the DP Flex can run, uh, the Flex can run for the DP, yes. Now, and that does not remove them from the game. I know this is a, a tough one for all of the uh, game changer official game changer scorers out there. What happens and how does it work when you substitute in these situations? If you substitute for a DP or a flex, I, I, I know that there's a circumstance and I don't know what it is where you remove the flex or you remove the DP or something along those lines. I mean, how does, how does substitution work relative to DP? Flex? So first off the reentry rule still applies to all positions, including the DP and the flex. Okay, so I can re-enter that flex position kid if I if I substitute her out. Okay, pitching change or defense, whatever defensive change, I could re-enter her. That's number one. Um, you you substitute. You only drop the flex when the flex comes completely out of the game. Okay, if I were dropping the flex. Right. Now the DP is going to go into the field. 
either in that flex position or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I say, I'm done with the flex. Right. Then I go from 10 to nine. Right. Then I go from 10 to nine. Okay. Okay. All right. Makes sense. If I DP, if I substitute for the DP, that's just like, um, you know, I'm getting somebody a pinch hit. I can re-enter that DP as well later on. Or continue to use or that continue new to use as that the new, new DP as the new DP. Okay. Little convoluted. Yeah, I yeah. still have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, Let's by the carry way, this around with you, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah right. Put a simplified uh, sheet that I don't understand. It's not very simple. Simplified. Yeah. That's not very simple. Hey, um, I'm I'm looking at you, and I'm noticing right by your <laughs> right by your left ear, you have stitches. Yeah, that resemble very much like a softball. Of course, Tell last regular story. season game, I take a shot to the face in the cage last night on senior night. It made me take a knee. It was the first time I've been woozy in a while. Our lengthy co-host took a knee. That's a long way down. It's a long I, way down. I have the seams are clear though. They look good, oh, and yeah. some of the girls suggested maybe I should have them tattooed onto my face like Mike Tyson. It would not be a bad look. Uh, all right, so we've we've killed we've killed everybody with the DP flex. Um, it is not simple, even though they try to make it simple. A lot of sort of hairy stuff and, and leaving it up to the umpire probably isn't the answer either. Probably not the best, but <laughs> that's my best option at this point. Okay, so a couple other topics. The one that I think everybody understands but doesn't, but it is so judgment. It's so judgy. Yeah. Right. It, it, you, we're leaving this interpretation wide open is the difference between obstruction and interference. And this is the one the player struggles with, right? The coaches struggle with the DP flex. I feel like we understand the obstruction and the interference rules, but it's the players that yeah. often. Yeah. If you're on the base paths or if you're that, you're that first baseman, right? That's, um, you know, there's a single to left. You come back. You think there's going to be a back pick. You come back to the bag, and she plows you over. You know, what is it? Yeah. Right. What happens? You know, you start seeing the umpires. They put their arm out, or they don't, and you're like, man, what's going on here? So and the hesitation defensively that con- you constantly see the hesitation because they don't feel like they have the right away to the ball. Yeah. Where do you, you see this a lot? Like making a double play at second base, right? The second baseman. There's like this medium, medium. You know, not a hot shot, not a slow rotor, that medium ground ball to the second baseman. She's coming into the baseline to field, and then the runner comes through, and then there's sort of this dodging or collision. What, what do we call? Yeah. You know? so, so first, let's sort of define what is obstruction, what is interference. Who, who's, if it's offensively based. I was going to say, are they different? They are. They're very different. Interference is on the runners. Interference is on the defender. Correct. So if a runner uh, impedes you from fielding a ball, it is interference. Correct. If a player who's not making a play on the ball impedes the runner, then it's obstruction. Obstruction. And this is the one that frustrates the heck out of me because oftentimes people think there needs to be a collision. There needs to be contact. And it's not true. And it's not just the not, case. That's not how it's any kind of intention or even unintentional. Yeah. yeah. If you impede uh, in any way, shape, or form, and again, this goes back to your point, it's a judgment call, right? If there's no, if there's no contact, then it's clearly a judgment. If there's contact, that's a lot easier. Right. But if there's no contact, it becomes a judgment call. But if, if, if they impede the defender's ability to make a play on the ball, it should be qualified as interference. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the, 
the crazy one on the obstruction is, you know, a scenario where kids, kids on second base stealing third and the throw takes the third baseman right. into the line, right? Into the, into the path to some degree. What do you call? Yeah. No. Again, it's a judgment call, but the defender has a right to the ball. Defender has a right to the ball. Incidental contact. Right. I've seen it where they have called obstruction on the third baseman. And I'm like, and I I go to the umpire and I say, well, what do you want her to do? Just let the ball fly into left field? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, her instinct, rightly so, athletically, is to go get that ball and swipe the tag back if she can. He's like, no, I'm going to call that every single time. I'm like, well, you're wrong. I would agree. Well, it does get tough, too, when, like, the, there's a bouncing ball. Runner, like, jumps the ball. It right. kind of happens simultaneously. There's no contact between the players, but they'll, like, jump the ball, and the infielder has some sort of hesitation or reaction. Then it's like, yeah, you know, did she just freak out, or, or should she have just made the play? You know what I mean? Did she really obstruct or? or no, make the freaking play. Right. <laughs> But you, the umpire sees that reaction sometimes, and it's, it's you know, they make a call. They yeah. put the hand out. Yeah. We, I, I, had that exact, I had that exact one in a game. Um, forget where we were. Runner on second, going to third. She kind of does the little ballerina jump yeah. over top. She's not impeding as the ball is. The ball is going by her. But she sort of does that little hesitation, jump over, go. And the shortstop boots the ball. Yeah, and he called. He he called her on. That's it. what I mean. I'm like, no, she just needs to catch the ball, <laughs> right? Like, you know, not sure why. Just because she jumps over the ball, you want her not to be forced. There's runners on first and second with nobody out, and a ground ball hit of the shortstop. She she has to go. Right. It's like, do you want her to stop in the path? You know, in the baseline. Hey, because go if ahead. the ball's hit in front of her, yeah, just go ahead. Stop. Here we go. Catch it, and then oh, you tag me and throw to right. first base for right. double play. No, that's not the way it works. No, but the runner does have a responsibility. So, I mean, and you see this all the time. If there is a hot shot in front of me, I mean, a runner can and should stop. I mean, they, they can't interfere with the play. But they can run through the ball, right, as long as the ball as doesn't as touch they, them. Again, as, as long as the ball doesn't touch them, as long as they don't hinder, right? So depending on where that shortstop is, it sounds like what Kevin is referring to, the shortstop's playing back. Yeah. If that shortstop is coming forward into the line of play, she, the, the runner has to make a move, whether she's outside the base path or not, to, to – uh, allow that kid to make a play different story right yeah. that's more the one like i said earlier the one you see at second base where it's that medium hit ground ball and the girl's trying to break up right. two right. and she there's this oh oh my god what are we doing what are we doing with this little dance between the the runner yeah, and the second I'm thinking, baseman. I, as a base runner i got a straight i can beeline straight to second base i'm going you're gonna feel the ball a foot or two off the base path but our, we're not crossing paths right i'm just jumping the ball in the timing it may have messed up your timing yeah Right, but I didn't interfere with you making the play. Right, but the timing and the runner crossing my face made me react in some sort of way. Sure, it's not the runner's fault. She's just playing hard. Yeah, but then the umpire. I mean, in, in the NFL, if I like, I mean, they have face guarding, right, on the on defensive right. on the right. defensive no back. Contact. But, yeah, you know, so same concept, right? If, yeah, it's pretty good analogy. You know, that makes sense. So just uh, be an athlete. My bottom line for me is be an athlete, make a play. The other thing that I try to teach that we want the base runners to do is that no hesitation, which I think you brought up before. If you have contact, continue on to the next base. 
I'm always as a third base coach or first base coach or whatever, I'm going to throw my arm out as soon as I see the umpire's arm go. Right. And we're going to, we're going to see it. We're watching him. You don't need to. Yeah. Right. You keep playing. You just keep going hard. If you get thrown out, we'll deal with the consequences of that and we'll figure it was sorted all out later. Right. Well, that's actually a good point. And that's, that's another, I think, point of confusion with that rule. If, if you're rounding second towards third and the defender impedes obstruction and you turn and go back to second base, you can no longer be awarded third base. It's over. You have to continue to the next base and then hope. Which really puts the athlete in a tough situation sometimes. I mean, that, that's, that's a tough yeah, read. You know you're going to get yeah. thrown out. Yeah. yeah, the instinct, right? The instinct. But, yes, once you sort of make a commitment back to the bag – your opportunity to advance has disappeared. Yeah. Which, wow, that's sort of a, a great segue into the look back. That's, I, I was just thinking about the look back because, as I've said before, I have an eight-year-old daughter that plays 10U ball, and they dance all over the place around those bases, man. And people are yelling, look back. Umpires yelling, no. And right. it's, it's funny to see. So who, who, can, he, who wants to take a stab at sort of, uh, you want to take me. a Not you? Nope. I am not your rule book guy. I, yeah, I, I mean, don't, here, I don't okay, I'll back. take a stab. Go ahead, take okay. a stab, and we'll have a discussion. All right, I have, I have rounded the bag or taken my secondary, right? I, and the pitcher's in the circle. I can no longer jockey towards second base. I have to return to the base. Well, right? uh, point of clarification, you can, if once you commit to a particular direction, you just have to go in that direction. Right, but so if, if, you've pitcher, round, if, if you've rounded first... Single to left field. Yeah. You've rounded first, and you've kind of frozen right there. Uh-huh. And the, as the ball gets back in the circle, you could, you have to just go, you have to commit once. Right. Once you commit, that's where you have to go. You can't start and stop. Can't start and stop. Right? Once you commit to back, you can't then just say, oh, screw it, I'm going to go to second. Right. So that all of the screaming, she's in oh, the circle, she's oh. in the circle, doesn't necessarily come into play. Is she can be in the circle as long as you sort of didn't break stride or didn't commit if, back to the correct. Bag if you didn't break stride and bag. you just kept going and the balls and balls there, as long as you just kept right on rolling, the ball's in play. The ball, the the the, the play is not dead. Like there's no time called. The play's not dead. So what, it's a it's about commitment. It's about your the commitment of your body in a particular direction. Can you give Unless me I'm wrong. the intent of that rule? Like, that, that, that rule seems a little weird. What was the intent? I don't know. I mean, it could be... I mean, I think it's no different in baseball that when, you know, once you're on the, on the rubber, right? Except yeah. here you're sort of inside the circle. It, and, you know, a girl they just sort don't of dances want that around elite the athlete at 10U getting in between the bases and getting herself in a rundown all the time. All and on purpose. Around the yeah. bases. Oh, yeah. doesn't that just, can we do a little sidebar on that? The, Which one? The teams that at 10U take advantage of just the fact that it's 10U. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, why they're, why they're, are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we teaching them things to game the system just to win or advance or score a run when? I tell, I tell 10U and 12U and even 14U coaches all the time, I said, hey, you want to get to the next level, you're going to get thrown out. You're right. Well, you're going to get thrown problem, out. right? We have an hour and 15 minutes to play. The base runner goes halfway to the next base. Then the catcher catches the ball. She's pump faking. She's running the runner back. She's running halfway to second base from the catcher. With the gear that doesn't yeah. fit, and she's like, and, and we're doing this every pitch. 
And now it, we're not getting anywhere. Do you see it all the time? We're getting a little bit off the look back thing, but you see it all the time with the runner on third. They take the massive, gigantic lead and try to bait the throw down yeah. so they could take off. Can't stand that. And then the catcher runs them down, and every pitch takes two minutes. Right. Can't stand that. Like, teach the kids how to play the game properly at 10U so that they're ready to compete when they get to be 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. It's not important, Kevin. We need the win at the Mama Don't Mind tournament. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Yeah. All right. Uh, so on the look back. Now, along with the look back, though, this whole notion of the ball being in the circle, what about the pitcher that takes um, a step outside the circle after they, after they get the return throw from the catcher? Do you know what can happen there? Look back is off. It's off. Take off, man. Yeah. Take off. She has one full foot outside the circle. She is, no lo- she is a defender. She's no longer the pitcher, so to speak. She's a defender. Teach those kids that if they're, once, those, once those middle infielders have vacated the base and she gets that ball back from the catcher, turns, goes to step outside, pick up a rosin bag, boom, yeah, you're off. Be ready. Be ready to run. Go back to the bag, stalk it, look like you're ready to go. You want to teach a kid how to take advantage on the bases? Do it that way, not the little cat and mouse game yeah. stuff. Right? So yeah, look back is look back is is big, and you don't see it at the older ages, right? I mean, you don't even hear them talk about look back at the older ages, but at ten, you it's rampant. It's it's and again, teach the kids the right way to do it. Yeah. Now I the can't one, remember the last time I've heard someone in a high school game or or a travel game with the older girls reference look back. No, no. The only t- you know, it would be a situation where it was. By accident, right, right. It was unintentional on the runner's perspective, and they may got caught. Yeah, um, they get called for leaving early. Yeah, and when you when you walk with the runner on third, and they kind of just motor their way all the way around to second base. Yeah, yeah. Again, game in the system. Right. You do that in high school, or college, you're gonna get thrown out. out. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Here, kitty, kitty. Here we go. We're gonna yeah. get you out. Okay. So, but the one thing we do see a lot in college, though, is this. Illegal pitches. Oh, yeah. So what constitutes an illegal pitch? Right? We've got, we've got, you know, we saw it last year in the World Series. Well, I think the rules are pretty black and white for the illegal pitch, right? It's just it's, they don't call it. Or they're calling it a lot. It's either or one way or another. Or the, the one that drives you crazy is when you've played four innings and your pitcher's been throwing the same the entire game, and then he just happens to call illegal pitch in the fourth inning with an out. Right. And you're like, what? What the hell are we doing here? Yeah, right. She's already thrown 97 <laughs> yeah, pitches, yeah. and now you've decided to call her? Right, right. Right? Yeah, so, so what are some of the ways that we're seeing the illegal pitches come to pass? Right? What, what, are, what, are, what are some of the mechanics that... Yeah, the, the crow hop, obviously. Right, the disconnecting from the ground. That's a huge one. Um, the, double, the double tapping on, uh, you know, separating and, and That's the one I see the most out there is the pitchers not taking t- their paws and, and getting their hands together. Or the... Um, um, I just lost my train of thought. I had one more. Yeah, there's, you know, we see that one a lot where they're either dis- crow, you know, they're hopping and disconnecting from the from the ground, um, and replanting right or the stepping out of the chute. That's the one I was gonna say. Yeah, you know, you yeah, get the kid the with the with the yeah. huge screwball right yeah. that just and she kind of rolls out of the. Out Which of the they lane. don't even they don't even line that 
not in high school. For the most part, in high school or, yeah. or the travel time. Well, and even even when it's lined in college, you see it step you out kick all, it right the out. Yeah. all the time. All the time doesn't matter. Well, the first thing the first thing a good pitcher would do is just go in there and <laughs> scrape it out. Well, right? Same with just a like great a, leadoff just hitter, like a, right? Yeah, I mean, batting. I remember in college, our leadoff hitter, the first thing he would do before he saw a pitch was kick out the front line of the of the batter's box. Yeah, if you're if you're a if you're a slapper, yeah, and you're a leadoff kid, you you better get rid of that line, right? So we, we're seeing that kind of stuff a lot as we as we enter into the college postseason. Keep an eye on it because uh, I know it was a huge point of contention. Um, boy, I was down at the uh, last was at regionals last year between Kentucky and Virginia Tech, and boy, they were all over. They were all over it. They, they seemed to be calling illegal pitches every game, every pitch. Yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. So can we you know, so can we touch on chalk real fast? Sure. The, the boxes. Can I get a vote on the room on paint versus chalk? <laughs> because my school is pro paint and I'm a chalk guy because and and, and, and my, my field maintenance guy's an awesome guy, so I'm not I'm not dumping on him. But oftentimes the can, I think we get a new can and the left field line looks crisp and by the time we get through the right field line it's a little faded. Well you, you guys use you chalk. Need a second can. I was gonna say know, buy another but case it still of paint. Looks terrible. But I'm not doing it. But I'm still a chalk guy. Do you, um, what do you go with? I'm a paint guy. You use paint? You use paint. What now, about you, Matt? I, I, I don't care. You don't care. Don't care. But here, you want to know You want to know the trick to the paint? What's that? Water it. Water the dirt before you paint. And then water again after you paint. Oh, he learns something every day. Except I'm not the painter. But I'll mention that to <laughs> Ibrahim. Are you painting your field, Kevin? No, but I'm watering the field. I was there at seven o'clock yesterday morning watering it, and then again at three o'clock in the afternoon watering it again. Man, nice. Yeah, yeah, we got done. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Let's see, a couple. Do you have the cuckoo? No, but I have. That sounds probably like half this episode. Uh, what else? Is that what you sound like when you're talking to your team? Pretty, uh, that's probably what they hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here, this will be this. We hope this not to be what we're going to face for Friday. Who's pitching? It is not Mission Impossible. What's that? Who are you seeing? Abby Lane. Yep. Yep. We're going to see Abby for the third time. Yep. So that music might play a little bit. <laughs> yeah, probably. But we're we're uh, we're excited to get back at it. But. So yeah, we, weird, weird sort of rules, right? You got look back, you got illegal pitches, obstruction interference, DP flex. I mean, this stuff is just not what you, other, obstruction interference, obviously in, in, in baseball, but this other stuff we're not really seeing. But you don't, you don't even see obstruction interference that much in baseball. And, and well, I guess with the illegal pitches, I saw, well, it's not so I mean, much it's a illegal pitches, it's balk, and then it's using a foreign substance or something. I saw the Yankees guy last yeah. night got in trouble. 10 game suspension. Is that what they gave him? Yeah. Oh, man. That's what that's so automatic. Team full of cheaters. Easy. But they don't have these full discussions like like in baseball. Like in, in softball, it feels like we're always having the obstruction interference conversation. We're always having some of these rules conversations. But baseball. Yeah, it doesn't have. I mean, it seem like it's. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, watch our baseball team. I, I don't know that they've had one balk called on them all right. season long, uh, but yet seems like illegal pitches or something crazy is happening every other game. I actually did see our coach get ejected arguing a balk this year, believe it or not. But okay. it was a rule change in a, in a 
difference of opinion on the rule change. But yeah, not I mean, a traditional balk. But again, you know, so what? Like, you know, he didn't come set. He didn't pause or, you know, those things are tried and true. They've been around in the game forever. And again, don't forget the difference between on the balk and the illegal pitch. The balk is designed to protect the base runner. Right, you have a pickoff, right? You can pick the first. So, right, or so you have, because they have a lead, we don't have a lead in softball, so we don't have some of that other stuff, and that's why these illegal pitches and, and are really designed to protect the batter, whereas in baseball, the balk rules and those t- are designed to protect the base runner. Yeah. Uh, leaving early really pisses me off sometimes, too. Yeah, because they, they're never looking. They're never looking, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the game, you get a leaving early call. It's like... You didn't see that. Yeah, this runner's been on base three times. Stole four bases today. And now all of a sudden you're deciding to call her for leaving early. Because she has three stolen bases early. Right, and you got the parents on the, uh, from the other team that are, ah, she, she left, left early. Yeah. All right, I mean, it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I don't know. It's all crazy. But, yeah, we, we, rules are, they're, they're designed, obviously, to keep the game safe, moving, and with some sense of clarity. However... It's pretty murky. But, but I, get, I get the mission, right? Because our game is fast, and, and softball, is, that's what makes it great, is it's fast. And these rules are all designed to keep it moving and keep the game being played. And that's why baseball, at least for me this year, has been more enjoyable to watch because they've sort of morphed it closer to what softball looks like time-wise and pitch-to-pitch, pitch, you know. So I think it's been more enjoyable because it's a faster pace. Well, I, I do think the pitch clock in – Fast pitch is coming. It's coming. And it should. I mean, I, I see it now even just watching the college games. I saw a girl the other day, um, just some ESPN Plus. She would get, step out of the box, walk all the way back to the dugout after every single a college pitch. game? In a college game, yeah. And then turn around and sort of, it was like, it was like her thing to, I don't know, it was some yeah. gamesmanship or whatever yeah. it was. But it was obnoxious to watch. I mean, well, the, the so, pitch but clock it, is, in baseball, all that stuff's going to trickle down from Major League Baseball. Sure. So in softball, that's going to have to be implemented by the NCAA. Yeah. Well, we love yeah. ourselves some Kat Sandercock here at S- as SF3, right? We love her. She, she's obviously part of our family here, but she takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Right? She takes forever. And some of it's the, some of it's, I'm not a big wristband guy. I know a lot yeah. of teams are going to the wristband, but, um, you know, you got to get the number off the wristband. You got to look at the wristband. Then you got to step onto the rubber to simulate taking the, taking the sign from the catcher. Then you do your normal thing where she's looking behind the glove. She's spinning the ball and all that other kind of stuff. Then, then the pitch gets delivered. Yeah. That takes time. Yeah. When I initially didn't like the idea of it because I thought it took some of the gamesmanship out of it, but now that you're seeing it in, in motion, it, it, it definitely makes it yeah. more enjoyable to watch. I love it. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm a baseball purist kind of guy. The game could be four hours long. It yeah. wouldn't bother me. I'm the same way. Wouldn't, wouldn't bother but me But I think you guys are the minority. Yeah. I think yeah, I mean, if they're trying baseball to... historians. You love the game. I love the game, but I don't want to sit there for three and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, if they're trying to attract more viewership, right. then clearly speeding the game up is a good thing. Now, I can't stand the, the throw-over-twice rule. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that changes the, your strategy, and it changes Terrible. You know, a lot of things. If I know you're not throwing over because you overthrew over twice, it's crazy. I'm off. Yeah, that changes the stolen bases. That changes yeah. a lot of well, things. Well, we've seen stolen bases go up. But. Yeah. So, you know, that's, so, so I guess they have some quirky rules over there, too. But, but, you know, this just, the rules that we talked about here are designed, A, to create more flexibility, create more stability in the game, um, 
get, you know, remove some advantages for one side versus the other. But each one that we talked about still requires subjectivity. And I think that's the thing that we all struggle with the most is we're leaving it up to an umpire or someone to make a judgment call, whether that was an illegal pitch, whether that was a leaving early or not leaving early. They're, they're in, in the new pitch clock, it is what it is. It gets to zero, ball one. It's, there's no interpretation to that. It just is what it is. Um, you throw over twice, you go, and you don't pick, pick them off, awarded second base. It's very cut and dry. The things we're talking about today are very subjective and leaving it in the hands of that one or two or three people. Thank you, thank you uh, uh, VHSL, though, for three umpires during the postseason. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. We, we actually like that as, as long as they're competent. We like that. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the challenge here. And if, if coaches don't know the rules, players don't know the rules, umpires are iffy on the rules, then why do we even try to enforce them? What's the point? And then it just makes the subjectivity even worse because now we're saying, you don't even know what you're talking about, yet you're trying to enforce this rule. Right. That's the frustration of it a majority of the time. So I don't understand it, and then the umpire doesn't understand it, and it's all going to hell. So... Anyway, that's any final thoughts on the rules? Was there anything that you that is implemented now that you hate? Uh, yeah, I hate. Uh, again, we have in high school at least we have this. Thankfully, it hasn't been an issue. We have this sort of one minute in between innings. Yeah, yeah. I ha- stupid. Yeah, it hasn't really been enforced in any of my games this year. I, no. I, I hear an umpire saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. But nobody been like, oh, you're at 50 seconds. You better, you know, hurry yeah, up. I just, you know, they don't do that. I mean, I get speeding up the game. But again, they don't do that in college. They're huddling, you know, the, the teams are huddling on before they come out on the field and all that kind of stuff. I get we're trying to reduce that kind of stuff. But where are we going? The game is not that long as it is. In high school, at least. No, I've never had a problem with the length of a softball game. So don't hustle me. Don't shoo me up and hustle me up just to just because you need to get going. And that's that's sort of maybe where I get rubbed the most on it is that I feel like the umpires. It's not the intent of speeding up the game. It's the intent of I want to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> right. You would think. You would hope that. Hopefully, that, that doesn't get me case. in trouble with yeah. our our colleagues at umpire association, but. You know, that's the one that probably bothers me the most. Now, for me, the way that I get around that, here's the, the typical scenario there. Uh, the catcher gets stranded at second base at the end of an inning, right? That's pretty much where it happens. So, you know, we're teaching the catchers, obviously get your gear on as quickly as possible. But what I do just to make it look like, you know, we're, we're kind of, I'll go catch the first pitch and I'll walk her helmet. I'll walk her, her helmet mask and, and glove out there while she's putting the shins on. So it yeah, makes yeah. it look like we're hustling yeah, it up. Yeah, you're getting there. Right. But it's, it's, that kind of bothers me a little bit when we, you know, because then it's an umpire just starting to get indignant a little bit, and that bothers yeah. me. Yeah. Sorry. We might have to cut that. Cut that, cut that. Cut that, cut that, cut that. All right. All right. So any final thoughts as we, as we wrap up here? Any final thoughts, Coach? Good luck this week, next yeah, week. I appreciate uh, it. My final thoughts are is I have a lot to learn. Um. You know, especially on the DP flex, but I don't think I'm alone, right? I think there's a lot of people out there that, that, that struggle with that aspect of the rule book, but, you know, we're all trying to be better. So I'll yeah. try to learn it and, and be better the next time we hit the field. Yeah. 
Mr. Cook, anything left to add? And you're yeah, a good, good topic. Good topic. Uh, appreciate the expertise. Um, well, I don't know about that. that. I, I bet you after, after this one posts, we'll get a bunch of comments saying, no, everybody was wrong. You're all wrong. Well, comments mean uh, viewers and listeners, right? Right, so, we'll take it. Yeah, Can we we'll get an ODAC it. update? What's what's going on? What's the uh, schedule for oh, the ODAC? ODAC, this ODAC is done. So the, oh, ODAC's uh, done. We're in regionals? Yep, regionals. Who won the tournament? Um, Randolph-Macon beat Roanoke. Uh, Randolph-Macon was the three and Roanoke was they the, were the two. two. They uh, were the two. Roanoke okay. was the one. So oh. Roanoke, yeah, Roanoke uh, finished with the best record in the ODAC um, and actually swept uh, Randolph-Macon during the season, but got us back um took two from us uh friday thursday night friday something like that last week but they got a bid uh roanoke did um and they play in i don't know what the region is but with cnu is hosting it yeah, that right. game is actually at two o'clock today. that's the they atlantic play, region i believe they play some team i've never heard of uh, you looked at it the other day kevin i don't yeah. know what it was called but uh it looks like a you know similar team uh, as Roanoke, so they play at 2 o'clock today. It's a, it's a double elimination through Saturday. And hey, Wesleyan got the at-large, too, so the, the ODAC has three teams there? ODAC has three. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, we're, we should do a whole just episode on how great Division Three softball is in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, I like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a very – I actually had this discussion with my travel team on a practice over the weekend um, when we were discussing – you know, schools and potential places that these girls might want to visit and how lucky they are at the level of Division Three softball in the state of Virginia that you got two national powers, you know, right down the road and then a bunch of other really great programs too. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's wild. It's, and it's great softball, really fun to watch. Um, what, you know, what Keith and Brandon and Kevin are doing. Well, I was going to say, we, we are lucky enough to have some personal uh, relationships with the coaches and what a great, group of guys you know what a great group they have and those kids are lucky to have such talented coaches for sure but their records speak for themselves yeah we should we should we should just do like a round table after the postseason with them and get get a whole bunch of people on coach mitchell uh picked up the yeah coach of the year i saw that yeah yeah so really cool stuff i mean it's just great human beings i think they're all their hearts are all doing it for the right reasons and they show it and they care and you know, the records, as you say, sort of speak for themselves. So yeah. it's really cool stuff. Well, maybe that'll be a, a topic for a future podcast. Yeah. yeah maybe that good. speaks to the talent in the state of Virginia well, as that's well. That's true, too. And all the big-time players at 643 is pushing out the doors. That's right. There you go. Right. As we sit here and look at the commit wall over there. So that's awesome. All right. So another episode wrapping up. And uh, we really appreciate everything everybody's doing. Keep safe out there. No matter where you are or what you're doing today. Live life like a 3-1 count. Go ahead and make it a great day, everybody. Good luck in the postseason. Same. Same. (laughs) 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 (laughs)